This episode of A Hero's Journey podcast is brought to you by SMP Inc. and JPS Computers. Um, you know, it's crazy because A Hero's Journey podcast is, is based on, it's one of those things where we are the hero of our own story. And uh, we wake up every morning trying to create, trying to make the best of, of our day. And um, I'm going to let my co-hosts introduce our next guest because um, they did, the two of them together have done something pretty special. And uh, I just stood out in the hallway and told her how proud I am of her because that's what this is all about. And it just made, it inspired me to want to do more. So my name is Brian Hopkins and my co-host is Daniel Vasanova. And uh, I'm going to pass this along to you. Well, thank you, Brian. That was quite the intro. It's true, though. Thank you so much. Yeah. So today I'm very excited to bring to you the one, the only, the writer, the producer, and star of our movie, Savage Midlife, Nick Ooh, Costa. Thank welcome. you. Welcome. What an intro. Hello. Welcome to the show. It's, it's nothing but love here. Oh, it's man. Nothing but love. The, the, part of this, the part of this you didn't say was also your co-producer yeah. ah, Savage Midlife. We are partners in crime. That's right. All, all of us, actually. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, thanks for having me on, you guys. Yeah. Of this course. is great. Yeah, we had, uh, that was kind of a busy morning. Uh, Eddie Griffin, who's in the movie, was just here like two <laughs> seconds ago, and then he left. But uh, Kind yeah. of a cool day, That was right? kind of a cool day, just Tuesday. <laughs> Normal just Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> I, I'm an artist myself, so, you know, when I'm in the booth, it's most of the time it's just me and the producer, unless I feel like, yeah, bring in, you know, you can bring everybody in. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I'm, I've gotten to a point in my career where, you know, I love sharing what's going on. So I just stood outside the door and listened to what you guys were doing. You I didn't want to be sneaky boy. I, I didn't want to be that guy that standing naughty, in here. Naughty, naughty, sneaky you know. boy. <laughs> so you guys got to tell me what is this? This this movie that you guys have created. What Dude, is this? This has been a twenty year odyssey for me. You jumped on board a couple of years ago, but um, for me, I, we wrote this script in two thousand three. And it actually has evolved quite a bit. Initially, it's about a the, the the premise of the film is actually about two guys on a quest to get a tank top from their favorite '80s wrestler. <laughs> but, Do you like '80s wrestling, Brian? Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you Hulk know, Hogan. Uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay. In fact, initially it was like, oh man, the Hulkster baby. Let's, yeah. let's do. Let's do the. He tears off the tank top. You know, oh, Hulkamania. And then we got a call from Vince McMahon's people, and they're like, No, you're not. Oh, no. no, really? You are, hell, you, hell no, you are not. And so we're like, hell no, we are not. <laughs> just kidding. Just, just kidding. kidding. <laughs> so we, we were like, okay, we need to come up with our own imaginary wrestlers so we can not get sued. Right. So we, <laughs> we were don't like, go to jail. <laughs> but like our favorite wrestler, I don't know. Who is your favorite wrestler um, of all time? I think when I was a kid, it was Jimmy Snuka at, out of Portland. I found out outside. I'm from Salem, Oregon, and you're from Portland, Oregon. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. See, Oregon see that's, this is what I'm talking about. You know that yes. that discovery? Yes. She took that away from me, but <laughs> so you funny. did not take it away from you. <laughs> I did it on so purpose. there we go. Not yeah. Family. Yeah. He's yeah. family. You, you didn't know. tell me he was family. 
So Jimmy Snuka, that's you know, awesome. Portland wrestling. Dude, that's a deep cut. Yeah, it that is. That's a deep cut Portland wrestling. <laughs> that, was, that was why I think, I can't remember if it was Friday or Saturday nights, but it was on at, you Whoa. know, late at night. I thought you were going to say the same, like, you know, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> but no, you gave me that Portland indie. Damn, good for you. Well, oh, yeah. Hit you with that. Hit me with a ton How of bricks. How you like that? Yeah. Well, uh, we were kind of going with that macho man thing. We, uh-huh. we were like, okay, we want to give people... Well, actually, let me just dial it back a little bit because the film wasn't always about a tank, a wrestling tank top, which yeah. is it is now. It was about the tank top Kurt Russell wore in Big Trouble in Little China. Oh. Yeah. Oh, snap. And exactly. See, I got she. See, I could tell you get it because you recognize it. But I'm getting a little like I don't know what the uh, fuck that tanked up is. No, I do. Oh, you do. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know that movie. Okay. Yeah. We were worried about the other, the feeling of oh, we don't know what that is, and so it was so niche that right. we were like, we gotta, we gotta open this up. Yeah. We gotta yeah, open yeah. this up. Yeah. See, but here's the thing, I was engaged to a, a wrestler. Oh my God! Tell him. Shut up. Yeah. What? Yeah, Natalie, he Eva was. Marie. Shut Eva up. Marie, do you the, know? Do you know who she is? Of course. I do. Yeah. yeah. Tell so, me more about this. No. Failed that was engagement. his fiance. No. Yeah, yeah. What happened? No, we. I'm just, interviewing our, you now. Our, <laughs> our careers just went two different directions. Yeah. And you know what's wild? Uh, I wrote a record that started Elvis Monroe, which is surrounding in this room, um, and it was based on our our breakup. Yeah. And then the music brought us back together. But then our careers started growing in two different directions. And and it, here we are Damn. So, and it was like the best thing for both of us because she's happy i'm happy i'm still friends with family and everyone so and she just you know she made a career out of being a wrestler and I then acting and all the things that came out of it but so when you said wrestling i was like okay i could see trying to get a tank top from one of the girls so you got to elaborate <laughs> yeah. how was how this initially born like where was the inspiration from this for the wrestler part of it yeah well that was the thing was what and once i was like dude what about hulk what about the hulkster and then all that stuff with like ooh, the ip is a problem and i was like oh i love me some macho man how do we get a little <laughs> macho man up in here without getting sued and so uh, rob my director our director yep. uh was like well, what about I was like, what if it's, uh, he's a wrestler that we make up that is uh, kind of a mix between Macho and some, I don't know, historical figure like Abraham Lincoln. And I was like, well, that's fucking genius. What do you think? He's like, yeah, dude, how about like Rage and Abraham Lincoln? Uh (laughs) And I was like, well, that's, I love that. Rage and Abe. We got to do that. Rage Rage and Abe. Abe. Uh So it's basically, yeah, yeah. It's basically Macho Man with a stovepipe stovepipe hat. (laughs) That's basically what's going on. But uh, he's, you know, instead of like the lovely Mary, love, I'm sorry. Instead of the lovely Elizabeth, you know, like Macho Man, he's got the lovely Mary Dodd. Uh Uh-huh. Hey, yo, awake. Exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, in fact, Paul Abdul is the lovely Mary Dodd. Yes. Uh-huh. Nice. She um, initially... This is a thing in the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, is it? Don't the, think the, he's being a weirdo by like, just doing this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been living with this fucking movie for 20 so years. So who are you, Johnny Depp? You just live the character the rest Basically. of the time? Yeah, I'm just curious. Basically. Yeah. You he know, plays Alex in the film. Okay. So Alex is one of the young... So they lose this tank top in 1983 at Wrestle Madness 3. And uh, him and his buddy Mark... And so they're basically, this film is about a quest where the 30 years later, they are questing for this, this tank top that they've just discovered is online. Oh my God. 
And so we basically go on this hero's journey, really, yeah. to, 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 to watch them try to get the most exciting sports entertainment memorabilia of all time. <laughs> and of course, you know, the person that ends up with the tank top ends up being, uh, ends up having, she, she basically procures it because it was her father's final wish to be, to be buried in the tank top. Mm. And so these guys kind of have to, well, the, of course, is the, 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 the chance meeting with the, with the lady later on. And right. of course, the lead, Alex, I wrote the thing, so I always get to be the, uh, the romantic interest. Of course, <laughs> come on. The girl at the end. That's the benefits of producing, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, yeah, so the, the, the film really kind of goes through. Goes Who's through. your love interest? In the film? Yeah. Well, in real life, it's Paula Abdul. She's not going to listen to this, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Paula. <laughs> Paula. You got there, girl? <laughs> Good to see you there, girl. <laughs> uh, no, in the film, it's Daryl Mason. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful, talented. Her first feature of all time, but you'd never yep. know. No. You, I mean, you've seen yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. She is She's a, fantastic. incredible. Mm -hmm. Incredible. So, uh, but yes. But it does. It goes on its own hero's journey. It really cool. does. It really does. Um, so basically, yes, at the very end of the film, spoiler alert, not too much of a spoiler, Alex's character has to choose between, you know, the most exciting woman he's ever met mm. and then the most exciting piece of entertainment memorabilia, uh, sports entertainment memorabilia ever, ever, uh, ever produced. So I'm not going to tell you what, what he chooses, but yeah, don't, I no, yeah. I gotta watch it, man. Exactly. So uh, his buddy, played by uh, Matthew Zach, Matt Zach, is like the second coming of Chris Farley, man. Uh, or Jack Black. Jack Black and Chris Farley combined. Combined, yes, yes. Dude, big old dude, funny as fuck. Yeah. The funniest fucking dude. Um, it's funny, Daryl Mason, her character, she plays the, the heroine, was not initially Daryl. It was actually, I, I really, I was old friends with Anna Ferris, And she oh, had a podcast. Yes, she had a podcast. And Why my, didn't she do the film? Well, I'll tell you what. I told her, I was like, listen, I want to do your podcast. Um, she had, I hadn't talked to her in like 20 years. Oh, wow. And I, I kind of called up and I, cause she's doing a show about bad advice or whatever her advice show is. Yeah. And I called her up. This is, I didn't even have, I don't have her phone number. I just called the podcast <laughs> up. Like, like hey, you know, what's going on? Slide up in those DMs. I just slide into the <laughs> podcast DMs and I actually went on her show. Okay. And as like a, like a sad rom romance story and basically told her this crazy story about how my wife left me for uh, uh, a, a woman, a, a woman yeah. postman. This is real. This is real. His this wife real? left real. him for a woman. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, the podcast. You should, it's, if you have time, it's a hell of an episode. It's pretty funny. Okay. But at the end of it, I was just like, now that I did, I was like, Hey Anna, do you remember me? <laughs> Do you want to be in a movie? Hi, Anna. Do you want to be my friend? God, who was the guest? There was a guest who was like Christian, that, that fashion designer Christian, who was on Project Runway. Dior? He won, he won Project you know, Runway. Okay. Oh, Christian. Anyways, you know, he's Christian, just like, Brian. what the fuck is this? Is this like some weird fanboy thing? I was like, no, Anna, I got this movie I want you to do. Yeah, yeah. Needless to say, she did not call me back after <laughs> i called her she's like i don't know you yeah anna if you're listening sorry babe you got replaced <laughs> dariel she did the job probably better anyways <laughs> yeah tag anna ferris i wanted to hear that <laughs> anyways um so yeah where the hell are we <laughs> no well here's the here's the thing like you you create this is just fun for me to watch you, uh, you and talk about this but 
where did this come from? Like you, you did this on your own and started this whole thing or what? Yeah, man. Well, this is our third film. Um, dude, I went to Hollywood. I tried in like 1999 and I, w I was trying to be an actor. Okay. And oh God, I you failed were, uh, miserable. Three? You were three years old then. 1999? <laughs> what did I say? I said 1999. 99. I was 19. And uh, I, was, I was trying to be an actor and fuck. They don't tell you the truth about rock and roll, man. Oh, it yeah. is tough. Yeah. It was tough. And I was just like, dude, I am not cut out for this kind of like, you're not good enough and you suck. You're too yeah. tall or you're too this, too that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember like I ended up, I was ready to go and I was ready. I was ready to leave Hollywood. And then I landing like a gig with like uh, Lily Zobieski, uh, John Goodman, Albert Brooks in this very big movie. And I was okay. like, fuck, yeah. this is my moment, man. Yeah. This is my moment. And uh, I did the scene, I did the whole thing, and my manager was like, oh, this is it, man. Straight to the top, baby. <laughs> Didn't work out that way. Uh, was I it on the cutting room floor, oh, or was it dude, in Dude, I went to the premiere, I brought this girl <laughs> trying to like, you know, hook up with, and I'm like, she's been always, she didn't want anything to do with me. I'm like, do you want to go to my Hollywood premiere? <laughs> <laughs> and she's How you like, like me now? How do you like yeah. me now? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we go, well, red carpet, Albert Brooks rubbing the, and you know, elbows and everything, and uh, talking to like John Goodman as if he's my fucking friend. John's looking at me like, "Who the fuck is this kid? <laughs> sweep up the popcorn over there, kid." You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, we're and I'm like nervous as shit because this is my first real moment. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sure enough. Like I've read the script a hundred times, forwards and backwards. I'm like, "Oh my god, here we go." Not only was I cut <laughs> oh. from this Lolita film that was fucking good, by the way, uh, but they actually replaced me with a fart joke. <laughs> that was the ultimate humiliation. Yeah, I was supposed to get her fired from her job, yeah. you know, and uh, instead they were like, they just cut to her walking down the mall saying, I can't believe I got fired for farting. Oh, that was no. it. And it actually got a laugh at the premiere. I was like, fuck, the ultimate humiliation. It wasn't enough just to get cut. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm. Yes. And of course, at the end of the film, the girl like leans over and she's just like, weren't you supposed to be in that movie? <laughs> and like, we're still going to have sex tonight. Okay. <laughs> so, hey, that Symp worked out. That sympathy, was going to work out. Sympathy sex. Yeah. Sympathy sex. Pity sex. I do great pity sex. Great. So, um, but that's like how you said in the film, right? Oh, how so Alex has a that, choice, right, in what he wants to do with his life. Life. At that point. This was yeah. you. After that, I just made a decision to get the fuck out. Okay. And I was like, if I'm gonna do this again, if I'm gonna do Hollywood again, yeah, I'm gonna do it with my own money. I'm gonna do this my gonna, way. My my way. I'm gonna Hashtag do my, my things, way, and yeah. I'm gonna control the edit. My yeah. my acting teacher used to say all that. He's like, if you want to make something happen, yeah. go and do it and create something that only you can play. Amen, brother. You know, and or control everything. Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you, it's yeah. like you're in control, yeah. and you wrote it for you, and go do that. He's like, you're a creative person, and uh, I got a, out of acting because of that. I'm a musician now, but oh yeah, being, he so used you to, this did guy it too. used to be yeah. repped by uh, who? You like we're shadowing each other all our lives. Apparently, yeah. no. Yeah. Yeah. I went from Salem to to L. A. Oh, and shit. I was with Natalie Rawson, and then what year? Went, what year? Uh, Ninety one. Oh, when wow, I went okay. there. And Natalie Rawson was my agent to start. And at then WME? Went, or? No, no. I went started a small one. She okay. just swooped me up. And okay. then I ended up with William Morris. Oh, and damn. So, oh, you were on your way, man. Yeah. You, you got to stick around. You yeah. should have stuck. Did you, how many years? I 
I did it for probably nine years, and then Damn. I bounced. But I'm Native American Indian, and all those Native movies started coming out, and and I just kept falling through the cracks. And so I cut my hair, and I was like, I'm out. But they pulled me back in, and I was still doing it. And then uh, I just I, I I'm now doing a project with my buddy, my buddy and yeah. I. Uh, he goes to New York Film Academy. Yeah. He's he teaches a master program there and making films. And a phone conversation we had one day has turned into a script that's turned into us doing the movie. And let me tell you something. You're going to have more fun doing that movie than any other project you were ever going to do in Hollywood. I yeah. guarantee it. Yeah. Because that's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. friend, my friend over here, <laughs> uh, Andrew, my yeah. and like, all my high school buddies are all in this film. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And we've got Paul Abdul and Walter Koenig and Eddie Griffin. But, you know, we it's it's a family film. Right. For our family. You know what yes. I mean? Because, like, you know your people. And yeah. you know what their strengths are. And you know they're funny you yeah. know and you know they're great and i you know it's just like it, there's such satisfaction in that in exactly. that creative process and we right? all do better when we all do better and yeah. we want to do better yeah that's yeah, what's yeah. been so that's been so fu fucking fun about this whole damn thing am i yeah. allowed to court cursing this yeah, oh yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry now yeah. i'm like now yeah, i'm like doing that thing it. where you kind of muffle your thumbs <laughs> yeah get your fuck on baby <laughs> <laughs> but that's funny man so that's yeah. good like so and that is the way by yeah. the way, mm -hmm. that is the way to do it. So that's basically, I wrote this while I quit Hollywood, got a job as a room service attendant, wrote this script along with two others, and we made the other two, and this is our third film. Wow. Uh, what were the other two? Uh, Evil Cult, Neil Stryker, an evil cult. That was number one. Yeah. It's got some of the worst reviews you're ever going to have on Netflix, <laughs> but it was on Netflix before Netflix was Netflix. Cult classic, okay. baby. Okay, it, cool. Yeah. It literally, the, the review, uh, uh, it literally says, run. <laughs> <laughs> run as fast <laughs> as you possibly can away from far, this film. Far, far away. <laughs> evil Cult. Is not even really a film. It's more of an idea. <laughs> a really horrible idea. And that's where we started. So we got our stuff. It was 2003, our first film. And then uh, I decided, well, that fucking, well, that film was funny, but boy, was it low budget. We made it for three grand. Right. I was like, I went to my director. I was like, dude, we got to make, we got to find some way to make money or, you know, but again, it's just like, I hate begging for money. Right. I hate yeah. trying to, Suck a dick for cash. <laughs> I will do anything. Oh my God. Tell I the did. people. And I did. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. But I didn't want to do that. So I actually, I was like, did the dumbest thing I ever did. The dumbest reason to go to law school was just like, oh, Rah. so he's a lawyer oh, yeah. as well. Did you no know that? way. So he's I a lawyer, but he's like, bro, yeah. he's like Batman. Mind blown. I, I, <laughs> lawyer I by day, filmmaker to... by night, or the other way around. And it was all part of the scheme. It was yeah. all a scheme. Yeah. Just to, I was like, Rob, my director, I was like, I'll go to law school, I'll be a lawyer, and then we'll have all the money to make the movie. <laughs> and that is how the sausages gets made, folks. So I go to law school, and we're making the movie as I'm going to law school and using my student loans. Hopefully, University of Hawaii, the federal loan program. <laughs> <laughs> Using my loans to pay for this movie. Took us 10 years to do it. I finally graduate law school, and uh, we have a few more things we got to do, but then we release the film. And now I'm a lawyer. So I was like, okay, the production value, if you ever watch this movie, goes up and up. The, the, the longer I'm an attorney, the more the production value goes up. So, I'm a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. So we did a lot of learning, though, So uh, during that production okay. as I was going to school and trying to learn how to even do filmmaking because I didn't go to school for that. Right. Right? I don't know what the hell I'm doing. 
So basically, now I'm a lawyer. So we finished that film. It makes its impact. Uh, Walter Koenig from Star Trek. He's the guy, uh, uh, Pavel Chekhov, nuclear vessels. That guy from the original <laughs> Star Trek. Yeah. We had this, like, because we made this movie for 10 years. And we were like, we're literally going to walk through a door and we're going to literally shoot, go from <laughs> 2006 to 2016. How are we going to make that leap? And I was like, time travel so we <laughs> added a time travel moment where these guys walk through this like you know uh, vortex and they're just 10 years older or i was like fuck it fuck it fuck it forget 10 years older they're 30 years older <laughs> and we're gonna one of the guys we're gonna make a, a you know he's been using this russian accent so we're just gonna get Chekhov from star trek and it's just gonna be him after they walk through this time portal <laughs> and that'll explain why it, you know they is 10 it's fucking 40 years later that yeah. took this did this movie and it worked brilliantly. Right? <laughs> Walter Koenig shows up from, uh, from from Burbank, flies up, and it's just like he's he calls me up on the phone. Actually, a week before about to shoot this thing, he's like, "No one told me." I always use my uh, Ed Ed Wood voice of Bella Lugosi. No one told me there's going to be. I'm using the Russian accent. Uh, <laughs> I Eddie. want to suck your blood. <laughs> Eddie, what about my money? And I was like, dude, Walter, we're shooting in a week, man. I need you to do the Russian accent. The whole gag is that the guy walks through the portal and he becomes you yeah. 40, 30 years later. And he's got the Russian accent. He's like, oh, there, I heard that there were puppets in the movie. Do I get to be with the puppets? Like, <laughs> Excuse me? Okay, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, get to be in the we'll make, take out my sock. Here you go. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Hand puppet. What kind of music? What kind of What, what kind do you of need, bro? Fortunately, we had, uh, you know, we, we had... Had uh, the guy that did uh, the Gremlin puppets. He lives in Portland. Oh really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Guy uh, helps us out. Uh, uh, Cam Gates, my buddy Jubal Dance, all kind of like we all went to. They all went to film school. They all thought they were gonna come out and you know out of film school and do special effects, Yoda and and uh, you know Dagobah and all yeah, that yeah. and Empire Strikes Back. Nope, we're all in front of a computer, clickety click, <laughs> like poor Travis over here. Clickety click. <laughs> like, and he's a filmmaker too, so he knows I didn't sign up for this, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we love Travis. I'm telling you, they don't tell you the truth, but rock and roll. He knows. <laughs> yep, he knows the deal. <laughs> But so we had this movie with these goblin puppets, and I was like, "Hey guys, we're getting Walter Kane for Star Trek. <laughs> we need some puppets, like, so he'll do the movie." So they came out of the woodwork and built some puppets, and so I don't know why we started talking about this really. But <laughs> yeah, what was the Walter, I, I bring up Walter here. because <laughs> I bring up Walter because he's in this next movie, this Savage Midlife movie, and his one request is he's like, "Nikki, I want to do the movie, but I have two requests." And I was like, oh, "What are they?" He's like, "No Russian accent." And I want my wife to be in the porn shop with me in the porn shop scene. I'm like, how did you know there's a porn shop scene? <laughs> did you just write the how scene in? Know? Okay, we're writing a porn shop scene. Okay. Um, so he and his wife kind of play uh, this mom and pop uh, novel, adult novelty porn shop. Very Princess Bride. Very, you know, liar! Yeah, yeah. You get away, which, you know, it's the whole, the whole we just rip off Princess Bride. What am I talking about? But but anyways, yeah, um, once once I was a lawyer, we were able to find, okay, we were actually going to use Nick's treasure. It took a divorce. Definitely used the divorce money. She bought the wife, the ex-wife bought the house for me. So I just dumped that movie. The wife that, that ran away with the woman. The wife that ran. See, it's all part of the story. Bro, right? I think we need to make a movie on your life. Oh, no, no, you dude. don't. Yeah. So yes, uh, the wife that ran off with, uh, with, the, uh, with, with the postman. 
post-woman. Post-woman. Pardon. Post-woman. Pardon. <laughs> and uh, took that money, threw it in the film, and I was like, great, we've got $75,000. This is great. That's not enough money to make a movie, by the way. <laughs> we learned that very quickly the first time. Maybe the first I, quarter. I have to ask, was this post-woman your post-woman? Or was it... She was our post-woman. Dude. No. Dude, that's like the milkman. You're supposed or milk woman. Yeah. The post-woman and literally the post-woman. Dude. Wow. wow. Post-woman's supposed to be bringing my boxes, not taking Thank them you. away. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, hopefully my ex-wife doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Say hello. <laughs> oh god, we've gotten into the uh Dude, I, the religious I'm going to have a field day putting together the oh, reels yeah. on this show. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, how did you yeah. juggle all of this? Like being a lawyer and being a filmmaker. I mean, how how? Well, I was just trying to keep my bar license to be honest with you. Um but no, I I had a great support network. I had you, I had Andrew, I yep. had uh, uh, all my friends, my family, my guy, all the guys were in the film. That everybody was just in this because they wanted to make a good movie, man. Yeah. And I gotta tell you, every time, every step of the way in this one, we kept getting the same comment from from not just my crew, but from the Eddie Griffins, from the Paul Abdul's people, and there was like. No one's doing this anymore. Yeah. Nobody's making a fun comedy John Hughes thing. Right. Oh, Let's I go. loved when I moved to LA. I, it was all about John Hughes. Oh, so, really? No, because it was Breakfast Club and those kinds of movies that yep. that inspired me. You know, coming up. Mm. Like, yeah. Really. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's oh. cool that you said that. Use that well, reference. I, mean, I just watched Breakfast Club the other day. Oh go man, ahead. I mean, dude, like Ferris Bueller. Practice yeah. Club. Yeah. I mean, these they don't make these movies anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's a million reasons why that is. What I was your favorite movie growing up? Oh my god. Growing up, the Goonies done. Uh, duh. Answer. <laughs> mic drop. Mic drop. In fact, uh, <laughs> you know, we were we actually um when we were on the hunt for Eddie Griffin's character, before we knew Eddie would even do it, okay. Um, because I knew that he was in Vegas. Someone give me a list with Eddie's name on it. And uh, there was a number of people on that list. Uh, and they were just like, the agent was just like, well, here's who, here's who I rep. And I was just like, ooh, Sean Astin from the Goonies, Mikey, what? What? Wow. And then they told me how much, then they were like, well, because we needed him in short notice. And they were like, for whatever reason, he wouldn't do it. And then they had like Paul Rubens, yep. Pee Wee Herman, and like <laughs> Carol Kane, and then like Eddie Griffin. I'm like, Oh, we need the undercover brother. Oh. For sure. We need the undercover brother. Will he do it? And they were like, he might do it. But he does a he does a show on the Sahara every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night. And you need him on Monday. Can you get him back by four for his show at eight? And I was like, look at the clock. I'm looking at the calendar. I'm like, we can try. Oh. <laughs> we can try. So <laughs> no pressure. Dude came in total professional, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Came in had, you know. Uh, I don't know how many days he had. He didn't have much time with that, with Nailed the pages, it. man, because yeah. we, you know, when you make a movie, it's it's just boom, 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 boom. Mm -hmm. um, some people have their talent on online in months. Nah, we're just like two days out. Like, hey, hey Eddie. <laughs> Come here. Eddie. Hey, Paula. You want to do the thing? Okay. Um, but yeah, no, he came in, man, and he, just a consummate professional. Yeah. Dude, knows all his lines. He's had him for 48 hours, knows all his lines, comes in, slays it, and then goes, now I'd like to do this, please. And then, boom, 
just doing his own thing, making the thing. I mean, you'll see it. It's. I mean, you've seen it. It's, mm-hmm. it's so f- He's so funny. Making us look good. Making us look very good. Yep. That's right. Yep. But um, yeah, no, uh, it was fun to have him on board. Fun to have him here today. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Was, that Killer. was cool to see. You know? And- well, I listened to The Wall. You so. listen to the yeah, you. That's right, sneaky yeah. boy. Sneaky, sneaky well, bastard. Did you audition for Dances with Wolves? I have to ask. No, um, I came in after that whole Dances with okay. Wolves things, but it was all the movies that that followed that. That yeah, you know, I found myself and and I had long hair and you know, but it was just one of those things. I just kept falling through the cracks. Guys like Adam Beach and Zahn, who's now on a bunch of TV shows and things, they would walk in. And read the lines in Sioux or whatever their language was, and then go, Oh, you want it in English? Okay. <laughs> and I'm through the wall going, I could be out in the room going, Motherfuckers. Because, you know, they were just, they were crushing it in that. Yeah. And then I just couldn't get that, the way they speak, you know, that, that kind of accent kind of thing down. Mm-hmm. But then once I finally did, I was like, I'm over this. Like, cause I kept falling through the cracks. Like I would be down between me and one of them. Yeah. Every time. Every time. Damn, and it kept slipping through the fingers. So close. Every time. Nick, put him in your next film. Let's do it, baby. Savage Midlife (laughs) 2. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to go back in time to the 80s. We're going to go back to 1991. I'll add Savage to the, a different Savage. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah, you do have to dance through some of those minefields. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, some of the, I mean, we kind of, like, in this movie, like, to go back to the 80s, to have to deal with some of those tropes of, like, misogyny and, yeah, yeah, slapping girls around and cultural appropriation. Right. You know? Um, it was like initially we kind of stumbled on that name Savage Midlife and yep. we were kind of like oh maybe this isn't the one but I was like you know what though we kind of want to put a light on all that yeah. you know we want to point a light on how there wasn't it wasn't all fun and games there was right. actually people actually hurt yeah. by a lot of this so the characters Mary Todd played by Paula Abdul and uh, the uh, Raging Abraham Lincoln played by quite literally his name is Mach Oh Man a macho man impersonator <laughs> from Las Vegas. Really? He's here. He lives here. Macho, macho he man. He's billed as the greatest macho man impersonator of all time. Wow. He's our raging Abe. But yeah, their characters are the ones that were trying to like push back on all that yeah. kind of culture. You know? Yeah. They had in the very first two seconds of the movie, you see a white guy from Brooklyn wearing a Native American headdress. And you're like, whoa. And they're just like, that ain't cool. Yeah. That's not cool. But they, because they did that, they got made into pariahs, into bad guys. Mm. They were, and that kind of fucked with Rage and Abe. And he mm. kind of spiraled. And the crowds were booing him from now on. And he ended up slipping into drugs. And he ended up, spoiler alert, he ends up dying. And that breaks uh, poor Paul Abdul's heart for the rest of the film. And then when we Don't see Don't tell her, him too <gasps> much. Don't tell him too yeah. much. Come on now. Not too much. But yeah, we wanted, we wanted a vehicle where we could kind of address all that. But still right. kind of have fun with the 80s, you know? Yeah. But still like be like, yeah, this is some of the stuff wasn't okay. <laughs> so what kind of advice would you give to, to a little boy or a little girl out there looking to get into this crazy, crazy business? Do it yourself, man. Yep. Do it yourself and do it with your friends. Because yeah. even if it does nothing, you're going to have so much more fun doing it. I <laughs> promise true. you. That's true. I mean, there was times in the last film when I was just sitting in a barn. It was freezing in the middle of December, Oregon. And I was like, yeah. you know what? Fuck it. I'd rather, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else right mm-hmm. than right yeah. here than with my buddies making a fucking movie that no one is ever going to see. <laughs> Except for that one guy who wrote that review on Netflix. Run. <laughs> Run as fast as far as you can. So, Let's see what he so writes cool. this time. 
Yeah. Well, tell the people where they can find you. Oh, yeah. So you can find us on all the socials under at Savage Midlife. Uh, SavageMidlife.com. And yeah. you? And your hand? And mine, before we go, I want to know, yeah. what do you play in this movie? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about you. That's right. You can't get away with, without <laughs> yeah. saying what you are doing. Ask my uh, co-producer. I play Officer Barty. Can you tell the story about Officer Barty? Yes. So okay. the Officer Barty character, in fact, my production company is Lombo Barty Productions. Okay. LomboBarty.com. And we're partying at this house party, and uh, it got busted up by the cops, and this fucking cop threatened to throw us in the clinkster, and this other cop, the good cop, rolls in and is just like, listen, guys. You just kind of sweep that up, powder under the old rug there, and pour out those beers. I'm going to let you guys go home, okay? And we were like, whoa. We we literally thought we were on death's door there. And we're like, thank you, Officer Lombo Barty. Thank you, sir. Wow. Lombo Barty, what a fucked up name. But thank God for that guy. (laughs) He saved us. He saved us from going in the clink. So then it cut to the next day. We're all like surfing, and uh, there was just a big swell came into Santa Barbara, and we all caught it. We're all surfing like idiots, and a big party wave, and uh, we finished. And I I figured it was Andrew who was just like, dude, that wave, dude, it came in strong, could have took us out, but was so forgiving. That was the Lombo Barty, dude. That was the Lombo Barty wave. <laughs> so uh, ever since then, we were like, uh, I changed my, uh, I actually, that's right, I created Lombo Barty Productions on behalf of that officer that let us go that night. And then I made uh, you the character Officer Barty, who appears uh, but one time, but is throughout the film, is often heard but not seen. And um, that's the etymology of Officer Barty. I want to be arrested by you. Come on. <laughs> don't don't tempt me who, with a good time. Who, who wouldn't want to be arrested by her? Come on. She looks good, folks. She looks good. Um, it wasn't the dream sequence. <laughs> it wasn't the dream sequence. That's right. Oh, Not to give no, away too much. Okay. But... It was, it was, you were a real police officer. I understand. But she's also my lovely co-producer, and I don't know what I would be doing with social media or just basically in life without her and uh, her basically telling me what to do and what not to do <laughs> you're under Tru- arrest <laughs> truly it takes a village man we i mean uh, just you have to watch the film how many times just to make sure that uh you, you that just first just, class problems for me though all the way first watch, class problems watch the film over and over yeah it's all good i'm not complaining no 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 but i mean like you've got a good eye for it i mean obviously d you've been doing this for years you've been an actor as well you survive how many more how many years have you been doing this for a minute for a minute. For a minute. Oh, I, I don't know. That's right. <laughs> I started modeling we don't back. Date you. We don't I started date ba- you, so. modeling back in New York when I was 13 years old. Oh so God. I've been, you know, in this some way, shape, or form since I was a little, mm-hmm. a little tyke. Mm-hmm. So wow. I was fortunate anyway. enough to get her, get that experience of not only just an actor. Of course, I was going to put her in the movie, but also her wisdom as a producer and as a storyteller herself. Uh-huh. Um, so valuable. And so I was like, well, this is your, you're my gal. <laughs> well, I got to have you on board here. You're my gal. Yeah. She, she <laughs> crushed. She's it here on the show with me, and she was just a guest one day, and that turned into her sitting in that seat with me. And so that's what makes this a lot of fun, and she does have a lot of attention to detail that, that I may skip over. So well, half the battle is just showing up, yeah, right? Sometimes you just show up and, and then let the magic unfold, yep, right? Teamwork makes the dream work. Always. As, yep. But Always. some people just have that halo, you know what I mean? They're yeah. like nothing, they, they, they can do no wrong. 
Yeah. And you've got like that halo. You walk in a room and everyone's just like whoa, affected. Just a little angel. Yep. Yeah. You got to have that. We really know. We really know. Come on. Come on. You got to have that. And you quiver. Yeah. You know, arrows and so but dude, I can't wait to see this film. I can't wait. I this is fun to watch you guys do this and and just be a part of this Travis, the chief nerd back there helping out today. Thank you for Helping out on the show, helping out with Eddie Griffin today. Yep. Yeah, no that problem. Was... It was exciting to have him in the studio. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, of course. And yeah. Brian, we got to get you in the next film. Yeah, sounds good to me. Oh, man, the next one, man. Do you sing? You sing. He sings. Oh, He's a singer. singer. The next one is a musical. Oh, no way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I don't even want to say it. Uh, because someone's gonna steal the idea. Okay, don't say don't it. Say right, it. Right, don't but, say it. Oh man, you. Uh, we need a guy who can shred. And I, I, I mean, I saw that video. I'm like, this dude. More savage. Can... <laughs> yeah. More savage. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so yeah. much for Thanks being for having here. Me, guys. And a shout out to Rock Rage Radio for listening to this show. All the audience, uh, the audience out there, mm-hmm. Rock Rage Radio. Rock Rage Radio. Much thank love. you guys for having us. Much love. Exactly. This is a Hero's Journey podcast. I'm Brian Hopkins. And I'm Danielle Vasanova. And our guest today, Nick Nick Costa. Costa. (laughs) He says his own name. What a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you guys. Remember, you're the hero of your own story. Thanks for watching. Dream. And I believe. It's coming around. It's coming around to me. Oh. <laughs>